So tough loss for the bunch of jerks, the Carolina Hurricanes, in Game 2 of the conference finals. They pretty much got dominated by the Boston Bruins. We'll talk more about this in the episode, but Justin Williams, the captain of the team, had some interesting comments after the game. I think just all in all, we just uh, we got to rediscover who we are. Um, you know, you spend uh, all this time off leading up and, and everyone writing articles about how great you are, and then... Um, you know, you come out and sometimes you gotta you gotta eat a poop sandwich. It doesn't taste good. And you have to chew on it for a little bit and we'll have to do it for a couple days and um, get the taste of our mouth next game. So there you go. A poop sandwich. Sounds good. Sounds not like, so good. Sounds like something uh, that you probably wouldn't want to eat. So, I mean, yeah, bad taste in your mouth. No no question about it. I'm surprised that a hockey player moments after a bad loss like that, like censored himself and said poop and not shit. Uh-huh. Uh, well, see, now we have to now we have to censor you. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you can <laughs> even withhold. Yeah. So th- there's been some pretty funny quotes here from the, the Hurricanes. I, after they won the second round, I don't know if you guys saw this one. We didn't even put it in the show last week, but Rod Brindamore, the coach, was giving his like post-game speech, and he walks into the locker room and says, I'm so impressed with you guys. You know, they, they came out and kicked you in the ding-ding. In the ding-ding, <laughs> yeah. Put the wholesome guys down there. Yeah. Right well, I think they recognize when they're, you know, they're they're about to say something that's going <laughs> to live on for a while, and they they tone it down a little bit. So well, maybe the way, they, the way they played, it was a poop sandwich. It was. It was a total poop sandwich of a game. Sound of Hockey episode thirty six. We are calling this one the Matt Zuccarello episode. R.I.P. Matt Zuccarello and the <laughs> Dallas Stars, who have been dispatched by the St. Louis Blues. Zuccarello has been an interesting story this year because he was a the trade deadline uh, acquisition from the New York Rangers. He's a fun little player to watch, and you know, after getting traded for, he gets injured. First game. Yep, first game. Can't play for for weeks and weeks. Finally comes back in the playoffs and did actually have a, a big impact to help that team get into the second round. But uh, they fell in the game seven. Tough loss, very tough loss, but good performance by him. Uh, also, he he was in the news here after they after they said, "What are you going to do now?" Because obviously his contract is up, he's a UFA, and he was like, "You know what? This is my team now. It's great to feel wanted." So uh, signs would point towards him coming back there, but you really you really never know with these situations. So Matt Zuccarello, thirty six. There you go. I am Darren Brown. This is Sound of Hockey. You can find me on Twitter at Darren Fun Brown. Joined as always by Andy Ide. Hello. How's it going? I'm at Andy Ide on Twitter. And John Barr. Hello. Hello. I'm NHL to Seattle on Twitter. That was, that was very forceful. We are coming to you from Bar Down Studios in somewhere in Seattle. And uh, if we sound <laughs> if we sound a little rough today, it's because we're all recovering from our watch party yesterday at Petoskey's, which was a great time. Thanks to everybody who came out. I think we had forty awesome. or fifty people there. Everybody was well served, and what else can you say? Sometimes overserved. Yeah, I, I got my tab at the end of the day, and I was like, "Ooh, that's a pretty big tab." And then she, the the server there was like, "What would you like to see the itemized?" And I was like, "Yes." I was like, "Oh, that was accurate." <laughs> that's, that a was, lo- that's a long list. Yeah, <laughs> that's a long list you have there. Yikes! Did you get the uh, hot plate? No, I went with a pizza this time. Oh, the mac and no, mac not the mac. And, I did the uh, like the relaxing Viking or something like that. Had some tomatoes, and it was pretty good. <laughs> I've had the Mike Petoskey's pizza there. It's pretty good. Yeah. Uh, anyway, great time. Thank you again to Petoskey's for hosting and thank you all for coming out. It was really cool to see people come up that uh, we know are listeners of the show and they're like, hey, nice to meet you. Really love the podcast. So uh, thanks to those of you who did that. That was really cool. And, 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 and the valuable prizes was a big hit too. We gave yeah, away some right. prizes. The, the whole bar 
quieted down while Darren was reading off the raffle ticket. Yep, I thought yeah. that was pretty funny. He got yeah. super quiet. Mm-hmm. Somebody won a puck. So oh, yeah. yeah. Ooh. Jeff Jeff Reitman, was that his name? I think. He won a puck? Friend of the, friend of the pod. He, he won a puck. He was pretty excited about it. So congrats. To, some t-shirts for one. <laughs> congrats to all the winners. I think <laughs> John owes a few people. And the, covet, the coveted NHL to Seattle mug. That's right. That's right. That I don't sell or distribute. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Priceless items. Yeah. yeah. It was all in his cupboard upstairs in the kitchen. Yeah. But we'll do that again probably for the Stanley Cup final, I would guess. We'll, we'll do another one. Like so. the first Saturday. Yeah. So, again, keep yeah. an eye out. We're, it was definitely a good time. So we want to do it again. Uh, we'll start the show with some Seattle updates. The team has launched their their fan portal. It's officially up and running. And basically what it is, it's a I mean it's a website, right? But you can go there and you can you can vote on different things. I went ahead and put my votes in for uh, like team colors and what kind of music they want you you want them to play and uh, what should be the goal horn, which I thought was interesting. They had the the fairy horn listed. And that was something that I thought of at some point. I, that it would be cool if they had the fairy horn as a goal horn. So what uh, what colors did you did you choose? I said anything. Well, it's it's pretty like watered down in terms of what you can pick. But uh, I said anything but blue and green. Not because I don't like blue and green. I think it's a good color combo. Mm-hmm. But I think that having the same colors as your closest rival yeah. is kind of a questionable. The, move. And they did take some shots at the Canucks because there's there's a one of the options is about team name. Mm-hmm. And there's some generic questions. It's right. like, I don't want any fish names, or I do want a fish name, or I want something to do with the Northwest. I think the last one is anything that eats Canucks. Yes. Which, which I, I don't was pretty funny. really know what would eat a Canuck, but there's probably some know. sort of yeah. large animal out bear. there that could. A Sasquatch. A bear would be tough to eat a Canuck, but. Well, yeah. do we know what a Sasquatch actually eats? No, we don't. Yeah. So, <laughs> and, there you go. I almost, you almost just got me to go off on the uh, finding horse. Sasquatch yeah. show, how much I hate <laughs> so much with a passion. <laughs> the fact that I watch it sometimes. I hate it so much. <laughs> <laughs> it makes me so mad. Uh, All right. Uh, okay. <laughs> interesting interesting issues, tangent. If you yeah. see me at the next watch party, ask me why I hate finding Sasquatch. Okay. But yeah, I mean, it's it's cool that they're doing this. I love that they're getting fan input. I was a little surprised that they're, it feels like it's almost back at square one with kind of the team name, right? They're almost implying that they really haven't Not decided anything, it. Yeah. To me, I feel like they're probably further down the line, but maybe. I think well, we heard about this that. portal coming quite a while ago. So yeah. I wonder if this is Todd's a little Todd's talked about it probably March, maybe. March I think when Benno was here, he said like the oh. next six days we're gonna open this portal yeah. up and it's been longer than that so mm-hmm. i think they are down that path but i think they've kind of narrowed it and so there's probably a, a quiver of names that kind of can relate to any one of those scenarios mm-hmm. okay so uh should be interesting to see how that shakes out um they think fall is when the name will get you know one, right? one thing i really loved about the portal and if you haven't gone up to go check it out is the videos on the um the fans oh yeah, yeah. that's a pretty cool idea you know and hopefully they do more of those but it's kind of profiling kind of some of the fans that have their name waitlisted yep. and mm-hmm. and we all know mr buxton who's yeah he was at who, the watch party yesterday yep. actually like him and i go back really far at city council meetings. There's that great about, picture of the two of you surrounded by Sonics fans, like the yeah, only hockey people yeah. at the city council and meeting, it was, like it was a, or whatever it was. Yeah. Paul and I have this connection that he's been there from the beginning um, in when I didn't have anybody else really kind of actively coming to those things. Um, so, and he, you know, he's an autograph collector and he's got all these crazy autographs and, yeah. you know, he's we like see, we see him at Everett games and yeah. all the time with his uh, autograph book, but he's a, he's a great dude and pretty stoked for him to see him there. And the other is hockey battler on yeah. Twitter yeah. who was at Seahawk, mm-hmm. um, but, she came to a NHL to Seattle watch party some five years ago at the Iron Bowl when the Iron Bowl was still around. Yeah. And she would doodle the Sharks game, um, playoff game. And it was like crazy to watch her do it while the game's going on and then see her tweet it. And it's uh, some They're really hilarious. cool she's, stuff there. Yeah. She's a good follow. Her 
especially during Sharks games, her her doodles are pretty hilarious yeah, to so explain what's happening in the games. That was really cool because that profiles some of the people that are the true fans, right? And they have a new hashtag. Uh, what is it again? Live hockey. Live hockey? Oh, hashtag live hockey. Uh, return of hockey. Return yeah. of hockey's gone. I guess we've already returned. And now uh, it's, live it's back. Well, what's crazy is I think I searched on that hashtag and there's tons of uh, field hockey that have live hockey. Uh, so. Okay. All right. So if you're into field <laughs> hockey, too, you can search on that hashtag. There you go. Uh, the other Seattle news, we had a candidate actually confirmed to be in Seattle and interviewing for the GM position. Who was it, Andy? Uh, it was Bill Zito, who is currently the assistant general manager of the Columbus Blue Jackets. He's got uh, a great curveball, right? <laughs> yeah, Barry Zito. Barry Zito. Okay. Uh, no relation as, as far as I know. I don't know. Maybe they're, maybe they're related. Uh, but obviously, Columbus had a good good playoff run, and they made the big trades at the deadline. Uh, uh, you know, he, he, he's he got more of a player agent background. He, he was like Tuka Rask's agent at one point, uh, and he's done some stuff with USA Hockey. He was the general manager of the Blue Jackets AHL affiliate uh, in Lake Erie, Lake Erie Monsters. Um, I have a t-shirt of theirs, by the way. Mm. But uh, so, so he has a little bit of general manager experience. Uh, you know, it's interesting that, that he came out. Uh, you know, I, it's a name that I hadn't really heard until Craig Constance of The Athletic threw him out there in an article as far as, like, where does Seattle go next? And it was funny how a couple days later we hear that he was here interviewing after that, that article post. Yeah, I, I had heard his name a little bit, but never enough to, like, warn any any association to the club. And, and I was a little surprised by it, too. But, I'm a little skeptical that he's going to be the guy, though. I know he, he's a name, but he has no general manager experience in the NHL. And I think... Outside well, of Kelly McCrimmon. Neither, neither does McCrimmon. Right? I know, but outside of that, I think that that's their – I think they lean towards having somebody that's a little bit more experienced. Zito's but been we'll up see. for other jobs, though, even yeah. – and I, without getting into hashtag minutiae too much, I, I do know <laughs> that he was one of the finalists for the Minnesota Wild job when it came up. And interestingly, that was one where it felt like everyone was saying Paul Fenton was the guy because he had a connection with the owner from being in Nashville together. But still, it like went down to the wire and it sounded like there's definitely some wavering between Fenton Zito, and Zito. So. Zito's name's been around. Yeah, yeah. So well. obviously he thought thought of highly. I, yes. I just wonder about his if, if NHL Seattle is going to want to find a guy who's done it. I mean, we, when we had uh, Nick Constantino on, he thought that McCrimmon would be the one exception to, to having a guy who didn't have uh, experience yeah, but, already. But, but there's those not guys, a lot they're of those. disappearing. Yeah, those yeah, options like are who, disappearing. Who, mm-hmm. Who's out there, right? Well, we like, talked about it last week. How do they how do they do that yeah. without tampering or whatever, right? Well, the guy well they, right. Fired. Or they wait. So yeah. the people we talked about last week was Hextall. Mm-hmm. Prior GM experience. experience, Gillis yeah. has experience. Um, Mark Hunter does not. Nope. Who else have we talked about? Those are the big three names, I think. Yeah, yeah. So there, there's just not a lot of experienced GMs out there available. And if they're not worth, oh, Peter Shirelli's ready. Oh, right, there you go. Yeah. So hey, hey, Stanley Cup winner. If experience is, yeah. So I mean, I don't think experience is the only factor, but I but, think if they if they had a preference, if they were to like draw out the, who the perfect GM would be, I think that would be one of the things they would have. But like you said, if, if they're going to fought the best person regardless in the, at the, in the end. But Down Goes Brown did something on this. Sean McAdoo, friend of the pod, mm-hmm. uh, did <laughs> something this last fall, and he talked about a lot of the GMs don't get second chances in the NHL, actually, mm-hmm. which is, is quite surprising. So mm-hmm. there's some out there that are journeymen, but a lot of them don't get a second chance. So they coaches get three, four chances. It's yeah. interesting. Potentially. I mean, it's true. A lot of they get on the, re- they get on the carousel. They never get yeah. out. And even when the great thing for coaches is when you when you lose your job as a head coach, you just get to be an assistant or you can go to the AHL or whatever. It seems very common for an NHL coach to, as soon as they're an NHL coach, obviously somebody's going to want them as at mm-hmm. least an AHL coach. Like, yeah. There's some sort of talent there for them to be able to become an NHL coach. Yeah. Well, coach. it's interesting. I believe on 31 Thoughts, they talked about Dallas Eakins and how long mm-hmm. it's taken him to get back in the NHL. Yeah. 
but like he's he's, he's earmarked, not- right? Like everyone's like, oh, this guy is is such a good coach. He's done such a great yeah. job in the AHL for the Ducks organization. And the Ducks happen to have an opening in their head coach position. But he was run out of Edmonton, yes. like badly, right? So yeah. it is interesting how it, yeah, you're right, how it takes so so long for guys to build their reputation back up. So if nothing else, it's interesting to see some some news on the team actually interviewing people and um, seems like they're taking steps. Yeah, it's fun. It's fun. Yeah, it's right? very it's cool. fun time. It's it's very real hockey related news happening right here in Seattle. So cool stuff. Uh, let's do a quick junior update with our WHL correspondent, Andy Ide. Andy? Yeah, so we're getting down to it. Uh, mm-hmm. In the WHL, as we're, we're recording it just before Prince Albert and Vancouver play game six in their series, which the Prince Albert Raiders are up three games to two. Uh, the winner of that will complete the Memorial Cup field. So the Memorial Cup is almost set. The other four teams are, are ready to go, and that'll be kicking off next Friday. Uh, just earlier so, today. So, whoa, 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 Let's whoa, whoa, explain whoa, whoa. it to us. What's new new segment that we released last week. Explain it to us. Explain it to Do us. Do we have a sound effect for that? Not or yet. music or something? The, the Memorial Cup. Explain it to us. The Memorial Cup. So the Memorial Cup is a championship tournament. It's the, the three major junior hockey leagues are the champions of those leagues each year meet in a round robin tournament with the fourth team which is the host team uh gets an automatic bid and uh, they play a round robin tournament and they determine, What are those uh, other what are those other leagues? So that'd be the Ontario Hockey League and the Quebec Major Junior Hockey League which I affectionately call the Q. Mm-hmm. The Q. Okay. Not just me. I'm what about the O? <laughs> they, mm-hmm. they call it that and the dub is the, the one out here. Yeah. Makes sense. So now okay. you know the lingo. <laughs> but uh <laughs> it, it's an interesting tournament. Yeah, you know, it's I've been to two of them one as a media one as a fan. My impression of it kind of changed uh, being part of the media and following a team that won a championship and got there. I used to think it was the hardest trophy to win because you had to win your league first. So imagine the Washington Capitals winning the Stanley Cup last year and then having to go play a tournament with three other equally as good teams mm-hmm. from equally good leagues. That's that's a kind of a tough call. And, and well, because they were all so drunk. Well, yeah, they were drunk, yeah. right? So uh, And then when you lose, you feel like you, were a, like you were a failure or you had a bad season even though you won the championship. So it's uh-huh. kind of a hard thing. So my, my, my thing, it's purely entertaining to me now. It's like it's an entertainment thing. I think winning your league is still a huge thing. And then this is like this is like gravy if you're able to win the Memorial Cup. To win the Memorial Cup, you have to be hot for a week. Got it. To win your league, you have to go through four rounds of playoffs and mm-hmm. you know and grind it out in, in 70 games or so. But And sometimes the host team has actually yep. won. The where, host team. So they didn't even qualify. win their, they their, just, their yeah. The year got Seattle in. got yeah. there in 2017, the host team was eliminated in the first round, the Windsor Spitfires. First round of the OHL playoffs, they were eliminated. They they went to basically had a training camp again for a month. They only, I think they only lost once in the Memorial Cup, and they, they ended up winning it. Hmm. Uh, and they were really good. <laughs> they were really good. Uh, they, uh, it, it's so in Canada, it's a much bigger deal in Canada. There have been some U.S. teams that have hosted. Seattle's hosted it in 92. Uh, Portland's hosted it a couple times. Spokane's hosted it. I don't know that we're ever going to see that again because the sponsorship in Canada and the CHL is all Canadian companies. And so I think that's – I've always thought Everett would be a great place to host it, the Angel, the wins. But, uh, one Angel, two one wins. One Angel, two wins. But I just don't know the sponsorship there. Okay, so let's get back to this year. So yep. QMGHL. Yeah, so we had an interesting situation there where the Halifax uh, Mooseheads. And, and do you know a famous alumni in the NHL who played for the Halifax Mooseheads? Matt Dumba. No, uh, no. Du- uh, not Duchesne. Uh, you're you're uh, on the right yeah, track. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's uh, Nathan McKinnon. Nathan McKinnon. Wow. Yeah. Played for the Halifax. Yeah. He won a Memorial Cup with the Halifax Mooseheads. They beat Portland a few years ago. Uh, so they they are the hosting, but they also because got into the final. So they so that meant that they and they got in the final of the QMGHL yep, of the Q. So they they played the Rouen Noranda Huskies. So both teams were automatically given birth to the Memorial Cup yeah. since they both made the final. But uh, uh, Halifax lost to Rowan Aranda yesterday. So, but uh, they're both going. 
Yeah. So, I mean, Halifax probably a little bit upset, but they know that they're they're still alive for the Memorial Cup. Uh, and then the OHL today, uh, the Guelph Storm had, who had an amazing run through the OHL playoffs. They beat the Ottawa 67s in the final of, the, of their league. Uh, they they had they faced seven elimination games in this playoff. They were 7-0 in all of those. And they erased a 3-1 deficit in the second round of the, of the playoffs. And they've got 11 NHL-drafted players on their roster, so they could be a pretty good uh, a force here in the Memorial Cup. Uh, they're led by Nick Suzuki, who is a uh, Canadian's prospect, but he was actually a Vegas Golden Knight first round draft pick. He went over in the Max Pacioretty trade. The, the Memorial Cup features a lot of good NHL prospects. Like last year, we talked about Thomas from St. Louis. He was playing for Hamilton That's last right. year. He played in the Memorial Cup. He had a really good Memorial Cup uh, a tournament last year. So you see a lot of guys. The year I went, Alex DeBrinket played for uh, the Erie Otters. So did Dylan Strom. Barzell was in that. Thomas Shabbat played in that tournament. Uh, future Canuck legend Mike DiPietro mm. was a goalie for Windsor. <laughs> won okay, that. so. So the games start Friday, Friday 17th. Yep. Yep. Uh, we don't know who's representing the WHL No. Yet. And I believe all games are on the NHL network. Is yep. that or you can stream them. Yeah. You can pay five bucks and stream them off the CHL if you don't get the, the NHL network. Okay. So, so there you go. Games on the radar early on in the show. Yeah. How do you like that? The WHL champion is in a little bit of a rut in this tournament. They've lost 10 straight games going back over the last three plus years. Uh, by the way, my Matt Dumba guess. You're way off. Way off. He played for the Red Deer Rebels, which I knew, but I thought he had it's moved from the, from the Halifax Mooseheads. He apparently moved. Yeah. Was it from Portland or to he Portland? Started, started in Red Deer, mm-hmm. finished went to Minnesota. Portland. Yeah, and then there was a weird thing where they had traded his rights or something. Yeah, where, yeah. where the Portland Winterhawks made a trade before he'd been returned, and they claimed they had no idea if he was coming back. Mm-hmm. But and a week later, he came back. So oopsie daisy, <laughs> he did not play for the Halifax Moose, Mooseheads. Nope. Let's move on to the NHL. We've talked a lot about Brad Marchand and just how Marchand. terrible. Marshy, how terrible of a human he is. Uh, I mean, <laughs> love him or hate him, right? If you're a if you're a Bruins fan, you obviously love, love him. him. If you're not a Bruins fan, you you hate him. I'm in the hate him camp. So the latest, and we almost need a, a Marshawn segment at this point. Like it's, we need a clever name for it. We yeah, just, a listener came up with retorts. Yeah. So listeners out there, write your five star review and give us uh, some some suggestions for a Marshawn segment. Put your five star review on iTunes, and we will appreciate it. We'll read it on on the podcast, of course. Uh, but so his latest. Douchebaggery. He <laughs> he had his post game interview with with Sportsnet. Uh, who is this guy? Kyle something or other was the guy that interviewed him. So the first time that he interviewed him, he asked him because remember Marshawn stepped on I think it was Anderson's stick and tried to break it, mm-hmm. did break it, and then so Kyle asked him before the game, the next game, hey, did you did you manage to get your skate sharpened? Marshawn right. didn't like that. Marshawn didn't like it. Away. He just skates away angrily. And then after game six, the Bruins are the winners. This Kyle guy gets the chance to interview him again. And here's what he says. Thanks, Jim. Brad, you said after the third game of the series, there's no panic in the room. What can you say about the way your group handled the next three games and ultimately advancing to the conference final? We did a good job. No, Tuka Rask was saying, this core isn't getting any younger. What do you make of the opportunity that lies ahead of you? It's been fun. So I see where this is going here. I'll ask you one more about your line. It got back together. You had said the chances over there were just starting to bury it these last few games. What kind of zone are you three in? We're good. Thanks. Well, that was worth it, Jim. So, I mean, come on. What, what is that? What, yeah. a, what a dink. 
if you're upset with the guy, don't even do the the interview. Yeah. But it didn't end there. Then he goes into the dressing room and all the media, he answered questions like that for everybody, not just the guy from Sportsnet that he was mad about. So I saw a theory that maybe somebody had bet him to give all his answers uh, as one word see, answers, that. which that could actually be funny if that's yep. the case. If he is just holding a grudge against this guy for asking him what I think is actually a pretty funny question, that's just ridiculous. But underrated. I don't know if I don't know if it was a tweet or a text, but that you sent that called him Marshawn Lynch. Oh, that's right. <laughs> yep. Marshawn Lynch. Because remember Marshawn Lynch was just here so he doesn't get yeah, fined. Brad Marshawn one word answers. And it reminded me of the time Lynch. where Marshawn Lynch answered all the questions with thanks for asking. Mm-hmm. So the difference, though, <laughs> here, here's here's the weird weird thing. There is in the NFL by Rule. NFL rules, they need to be available. Be available, and in that situation, it's kind of opting in. He he was asked if he would do it, mm-hmm. and so he he went on there knowing he's going to give one one word yeah. answers. I like, kind of like the theory of he was bet or prompted mm-hmm. to do it. That kind of makes me respect it a little more. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but we don't know. We don't know. You know, it's just more of fodder for us to talk about. Yeah, like yeah. I don't think it's it's that big of a deal. People were not happy with it, though. It's it spawned a lot of Twitter anger. Oh, that's weird. Yeah, Somebody no, responded no, on I'm Twitter shocked. angrily. I'm shocked. And then, so his his latest move that <laughs> <laughs> drew ire from people. Move, move is a good word. Yeah, in ooh, a Marchand move. Uh, yeah. Yeah, I don't know. Marchand uh, moment. Yeah. Ooh, a Marchand moment. A, a Marchand. And we have like flowery music playing. A Marchand right? moment. Yeah, yeah, we're workshopping his, right now during the podcast. His nose being gigantic. I don't know. Uh, so anyway, <laughs> he, he, the latest thing he did, he he mocked. Justin Williams in game two, which we mentioned, obviously not a great game for, for the Carolina Hurricanes. Well, he, but he, he mocked him after baiting him into a penalty because he, he kind of like got a stick up high under Williams' neck and like hooked him around. And, and then Williams <laughs> grabbed him by the ear of his helmet yeah, pulled his and strap off. ripped his chin strap off. And then that's as, what the referee sees. Yeah. So as, as the ref puts his arm up to call the penalty on Williams, Marchand points at the ref, then does a little C on his chest to remind Williams that he's the captain of the team and, and you <laughs> know. Better than that. Just and he, then he points to the penalty box, like yeah, that's where you're headed. Yeah, just <laughs> classic Marshawn getting under your skin. See, now as, I mean, much as much as I hate him, I kind of chuckled when I saw that. Yeah, I yeah. I mean, he, that's... he baited him. He baited Williams into a penalty. It that's was the playoff play. gamesmanship, yeah, it was right? A good play. Yeah, gamesmanship. So... There you go. Speaking of the playoffs and gamesmanship, there's been a couple of great game sevens here from the second round. Uh, we got to talk about them at least a little bit because these are both outstanding, very fun to watch games. The first one, Dallas against St. Louis, was ridiculous. It went to two overtimes. We had one of the more one-sided oh, yeah. hockey games I've ever seen that can go that deep. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it was for it, 40 minutes. Dallas had three shots on goal. Yeah, over two periods. It was. I think they. Yeah. What was that stat? It was like 31 to three. I think. Yeah. In over, shots. over like a two period over the second and third period Dallas just had no offense just crazy Ben Bishop was so good in this yep. game he kept him in it and it was one of those like very classic games where you're like this goalie is gonna steal it yeah. right like that is going to be the classic goalie stealing a game to to carry his team over to the conference finals that was absolutely how it felt and well, the game, it came close because uh, I forget who it was who had the wraparound in overtime I was Jamie Ben who uh who it hit Binghamton's pad like at the only at the part knee, yeah at like, the as knee because the rest of his pad yeah. was up behind the goal line he's just like inches away from winning the game area. and I've heard this hot take that, that it's because uh, Jamie Ben is, is a, a flat blade yeah. like 
okay, whatever. But but yeah, I mean the the puck just rolled off his stick, yep. you know, and went right across it, the goal line <laughs> instead of curving just a tiny bit more, which would have put it over the line. So I, I tweeted out that if Dallas had won, that Bishop deserved all the finest meats and cheeses because well he was the only one keeping him did. in that game. He absolutely did. I mean, great great game, really fun to watch. Cool thing about Ben Bishop though is he played in St. Louis he's, and he's yeah. from St. Louis. Yes. Um, but now he was obviously playing for Dallas. So mm-hmm. interesting enough is speaking the, of guys from St. Louis. Yeah. The uh, game winner set up by Robert Thomas, who I who we uh, just mentioned earlier. From I forecasted. I forecasted right. would have a good game. Uh, Nineteen just, years old. He is looks awesome. He's mm-hmm. looked awesome all series. He hasn't put up that many points, but he looked good. And I think fresh legs, especially in overtime, or your young legs mm-hmm. in overtime, are re- are really helpful. And those those guys tend to stand out a little bit more. Yeah. So he he and, makes a sick move in double <laughs> overtime to take the puck to the net, hits the post, then it kind of hits Bishop like in the back of the head or like back of the neck and drops right down into the crease and Patrick Maroon yeah. jumps on it. And, scores, and Maroon's so. story is cool because he took a lot less money. To, he's from St. Louis. He, yeah. he chose to go there like on, I think on a one-year deal, right? And his well, son's there. He wanted to be closer to his son. I think he went into free agency thinking he was going to get a big deal. It didn't. Didn't get it. So he's like, you know what? I'm going to go. Hometown I'm going to take less camp. money. Yeah. I'm going to go home. I'm going to be with my family. And that's what he did. And it's it's pretty cool to see like a guy like that who's not a, you know, he's not a big goal scorer, yeah. but like he's one of those guys that you you hope is around for the playoffs because he's a, a big physical right. guy. Go in front of the net. Exactly. And that's, and that's exactly what he did. That goal he did. scored the goal. His exactly. son was in tears. They had his, they had his son on camera in the stands, wearing a crying. very very cool customized jean jacket. By the way, oh, with, I missed that. Oh yeah, with uh, St. Louis Blues logos and maroon uh, on the back nice. and the number on the sleeve, and it was pretty cool. And then um, after the game, you got to hug a very handsome. St. John Ham, yeah, John Ham, who's also from St. Louis, mm-hmm. it's like an all St. Louis uh, family show here. Yeah, that's Patrick Maroon, <laughs> by the way, not his son. Hugged John. Yeah, Hamm. sorry, yeah, Maroon, Maroon got the hug. Well, we don't know that if his son hugged uh, John Ham or not. At the other end of the ice, you know, Bishop was so great at one end, but so is Bennington. And we've talked about Jordan Bennington quite a bit on this podcast because he was such a huge moment of the turnaround for St. Louis. St. Louis was last in the league at New Year's, yeah. right? They bring in Dead Bennington, last. they get Craig Berube as their coach, who's still on interim basis, by the way, not the actual head coach of the I think, team. I think they're going to take care of him, though. Yeah, they might. They, they might give him a contract. <laughs> this Bennington kid, who's, I guess he's 25 years old, so he's been around for a while, but they interviewed him after the game, and he's just like... He's got no emotions. Like he's well, just like. Did you see the the, the ISO shot of him when the game winning goal yeah. scored in overtime? He like kind of just taps his post and skates just him off like nothing had happened. Like calmly, was, you know, like heads it was the end up of a period, the ice no big to deal. go like, yeah. give a little fist bump to the guys <laughs> for winning game seven in double overtime. But I mean, he's it's crazy. He's he almost seems like he has like zero emotions. Like was it, just was it national robotic. fans or who was the fans base that were chanting? You look nervous at him. Well, they were earlier in the playoffs. I, yeah. It's impossible to make. Him I don't look think he's, <laughs> he's a robot. Man, unbelievable. What a coming out party for him and, and these blues, man. They keep on rolling. Uh, the other series, obviously, we have to talk about this a little bit. And, John, I'm sure you have some thoughts on it. San Jose takes down Colorado, went down to the bitter end with a 3-2 to two victory for San Jose. But the Avalanche were absolutely fighting tooth and nail until the, the very last second the, and the horn. They had some but, good looks there in the winning very seconds. good yeah. looks. Martin Jones made some great saves in the, like, the last 20 seconds of the game. Uh, but the big controversy here was... The goal that wasn't for Colorado knows two to one going into this moment. The puck comes out of the zone and Gabe Landeskog is going off for a change. Some angles, it looks like he's kind of back on sides. Some angles, it looks like not. The Avalanche tie the game, quote unquote, tie the game. Uh, It gets challenged for offsides and it's ruled that Landeskog does not get back to the blue line. So 
Therefore, as he's trying to change lines, and he was just he's standing offsides. there, he was just standing, just standing the there, wasn't nothing to do with off. the yeah. nothing to do with the play. For some reason, he's like reaching over the boards, trying to open the stupid door instead of <laughs> jumping over it. But is what it is, I guess. And and he 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 owned it after. He said, "That's on me." Yeah, uh, I, I we talked about it a little before. I think he didn't realize the puck got turned over really quickly in the neutral zone. Mm-hmm. So I think he was going off, and he just assumed that that the, the play had the, gone. The sharks elsewhere. were yeah, the sharks were taking the ice, the puck yeah. down the ice. John? Yeah, I I was surprised it got overturned because I didn't see really a definitive angle that during the NBC a broadcast of it. And I was like shocked that yeah. it got overturned. Um, that said, I've seen different angles since or, or blown up angles. And it's like, okay, well, now I at least see what the refs might have called. Now, should it have been reviewable, right? Or should it even matter? Because he was technically off the ice and the other guy that he was changing for was probably on the ice. Mm-hmm. So for all intents and purposes, yeah. he was not part of the play and not being counted. True, but it's just a boneheaded play. Like you're, he's not paying attention to what's going on. Now, on the flip side, we had the a play in I think it was game six of the Blues second round series where it was you could see in the background, I think it's Ryan O'Reilly. And even before he gets to the blue line, he like dives over the boards to get himself off the ice, which you don't even have to get back to the blue line if you're over the boards. So because, you know, the, the bench extends into the zone, right? So he dives over the boards to get himself on sides. And from that, I think the Blues even scored a goal on that, right? But yeah. that's like a good heads up play. You're like, oh, I got to get myself on sides. I got to, you know, do what I have to do before I change lines. Landeskog is standing inside the zone. And whether he gets his toe onto the line or not, he's still not paying attention, right? He's trying to like open the door. I So I, I totally agree with that, except in O'Reilly's case, the play was coming at him. So mm-hmm. he could he see knew. Was going he on. could see something was coming. And yeah. he's like, I got to get off this, this yeah. side of the ice as quickly as possible. Landeskog, to Andy's point, it was like to the back of him. Mm-hmm. And it was like uh, San Jose something. had possession and they kind of tripped and screwed up and turned it over, like self-inflicted turned it over, yeah. not like it was a tight play. So There's no not, way I, I totally agree. And it, that frustrates me when I see it in beer league is mm-hmm. when people don't just take the extra effort to go two more feet yeah. <laughs> inside or outside the blue line or they change slowly. It mm-hmm. just, it drives me bonkers when I see that. And so to, it's it's a little ridiculous that he, that he even made it. It's funny, debatable. Even, even like the the construction of the bench there yeah. kind of screws him over too. Because I mean, again, the why door, does he need to? Right at the blue line. I've never understood in in my life, and I think we've even talked about it in the podcast too. Why do NHL players need to go through a door? Why can't they step over? Like Peewees are able to step over the boards. You know, we saw the thing where Brock Besser yeah. almost broke his because back the door because was open. yes, yeah. and I don't think that the doors should even be allowed to be open. Oh, that play. That's game. yeah. That's neither here nor there. It's not really related. But I've I've just never really understood why they need to open the doors during play why can't the guy just jump over right Mm -hmm. he's he's fiddling with the stupid thing to try to get it to open and in that time he actually screws his team (laughs) yeah but what i was saying though the the construction of this bench actually hurts him a little bit because in some arenas the blue line is right on the door so if you go through the door you're stepping off on sides right because Mm -hmm. the the blue line is right in the middle of the door versus this one the door is like a foot or two inside inside the the zone yeah so because so he goes through the door, he puts himself back on offside. So well, it, it's a weird thing. It was a weird situation that happened. Bad luck for him, but also he should have been paying more attention. To his credit, after the game, he did not blame the refs. Nope. He, he took full you know, full responsibility for it. You know, said, it's on me. It wasn't their fault. I should have been paying more attention. So I actually is, like that about him, and he's is, a player that I don't like very much. This is also stirred up. That, that's some uh, stack central division bias there from Darren. This, this has also stirred up the whole debate on the offside 
challenge and whether it's necessary. Not a lot of people like it. And I don't know how, I don't have a strong feeling on it. Nothing that happened on that play affected the play. Mm -hmm. And it's another one of those like millimeter differences too, right? Like maybe he's on sides, maybe not. So who cares? It's brought out all the, all the onside review haters out of the woodworks uh, because of that one. So I kind of have a confession. Confession time. I watched, I watched game seven with other people. Oh, Oh. we weren't invited. Definitely not. Okay. Wow. Uh, so I watched with a couple friends from okay. their Canadians from the Atlantics. And so if anything, I was a little worried. They'd from be, the Atlantics? Uh, Atlantic part of <laughs> Canada. Okay. So uh, one was from Newfies? Nova Scotia. Okay. And the other was from PEI. So McKinnon being from up there too, I thought mm-hmm. they might be rooting for Colorado. and mm. But I knew they would be relatively neutral and, and respect my emotions. Mm-hmm. And so it was very smooth. Mm, so, okay. whereas Darren and I are biased and disrespectful. No, I just no, stayed it, away from you at the bar yesterday. It was a Sharks game. No, I, people, you know I had people come up to me a little worried. I had people just a little worried. I'm, just, the bar with I'm just saying, like, it's it's the, the ability to stay kind of not laugh and make jokes and have a good time. Mm-hmm. Like, they didn't do any of that. They were just watching the game. Okay, so just don't have fun. Stoic. <laughs> no, you do whatever you want. Don Cherry comes from now. You can do whatever you want, but I just I just wanted to get that out there, okay. right? And and come clean about that. Did I, you have to tell us that? You didn't have to tell. <laughs> you could have just not told us, you know. And it, I would it makes just, for good. It this makes is, for good. This is the podcast. Podcast. You're, What you're doing right now is you are stirring the pot. That's what you're doing. <laughs> I, I watch it on my couch on my TV. Mm-hmm. Ugh. Anyway, <laughs> I'm triggered. I feel very triggered right now. It was a good. It was a good game. Darren did stay away from you at the bar. He was, was also fun all to watch. the way at the other end of the bar. But I, I think was. I that wasn't the reason. I think that was because the Minnesota Twins game was also on. That's at the actually end of the true. Bar. <laughs> he was watching both. That the was same a pretty time. good setup for me as a, as a Minnesota <laughs> sports fan to be watching the hockey game on one TV and the Twins on the other. Anyway, two great game sevens. So that was fun. Brings us into the conference finals now. So obviously, San Jose takes a one zero lead after yesterday's watch it party. Pretty good doing it. Yep, which was also Timo Meyer's coming out yeah, party. Like he had know. a ridiculous. Peter Forsberg-esque <laughs> one-handed breakaway goal after undressing the defender. That was pretty sick. And that was that his second goal of the game? He had, goals, he had two goals and an assist. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, Pretty good showing by the Sharks. Concerning for the Blues, but also it's it's mm-hmm. only game one. Uh, and then on the other side, as we mentioned, Boston takes pretty commanding 2-0 lead. Morozik, I didn't think, looked very good in, in game no, two. that one goal where he got way outside of the net. What actually concerned <laughs> me was the more the backhand goal. Like, there were several goals that were just like, he's getting no help from his defense yeah. here, right? Like the the one, there's a power play goal where he stopped two shots. And then on the third one, the where, scored, yeah, yeah DeBrusque, he, he puts it around his foot. And like, there's nobody even contesting him, right? Like for mm-hmm. him to get three shots yeah. <laughs> from right in front yeah. of the net, like somebody's got to do Take something there. But the one that kind of concerned me was the, the backhand goal where it was kind of like a soft shot. It looked like he just wasn't tracking the puck fall. So I don't know. Mrazek's been a huge story because he's such an unheralded kind of a goalie, but he's been really great in these playoffs. So like we saw Martin Jones kind of go from bad to really good. I hope it's not a situation where Mirage is going from really good to bad because that can happen too. Well, I thought game one, I thought Carolina looked a lot better, Mm -hmm. obviously better than they did in game two. Mm -hmm. They got into problems with uh, penalties Mm -hmm. uh, in which I think it turned the Turn the tables for Boston in Game One, but I thought that was a pretty evenly matched game at at least at even strength, and and I thought Mrazek played fairly well in that one. So it should be interesting if they kind of go to McElhinney 
for game three. Mm. You can see that happening. Really well. Yeah. He play the third, right? He can't play the third today, didn't he? Yeah. But I think they still let up two goals. So, yeah. <laughs> I mean, they're going back home. Uh, if there's one thing that we've learned from these playoffs, it's that the first two games, they obviously mean something, but anything can, can happen. Somebody said that once. Anything yeah, can happen in the playoffs. In the playoffs. Yeah. yeah. But I mean, really, like this thing can still turn around. The Sharks looked like they were down and out in the first round, you know, and, and literally anything can happen. So uh, we will see. They're going back to Carolina where they have a huge home ice advantage because the it's just a rocking building there. So it's interesting that we mentioned the goalies, though. The The whole situation there in Carolina, remember, wasn't Scott Darling their goalie yeah. at the beginning of the year? Yeah. yeah. So it's been crazy turnover. And that turnover. was one of the big questions on them is when could they stop the puck? McElhinney was one of the guys that got claimed off of waivers, which we talked about early from in the Toronto, year from right? Toronto. Yeah. So, uh, I mean, it's just it's crazy what, they've, what they're doing here with these two guys in net. So, like I said, Mrazik's been a huge story. I hope that he doesn't go from good to bad. I hope that he he gets it back now because he's he's been outstanding. So, um, But here's hoping because I, I don't want to see Boston win again. I'm really sick of them. We have... There, there we lost all our Boston fans. Well, it's okay. <laughs> they know they're not liked. That's okay. Yeah, they, uh, they enjoy that. Yeah. So let's get into our segments. We have a season-ending retort. It's the final... Sad. It's kind of sad. Yeah. It's, it's kind of... Hopefully we'll we'll hear from him at some point. I've again, been wearing but... a, an armband around my arm all day. In honor a, of... A memora- memorandum of retorts. Retorts. We're one out for Tortorella. In, I think you mean in memoriam. What did I say? Memorandum. <laughs> memorandum. memorandum. Like something... Like a memorandum. I got a memorandum, memorandum, yeah. Yeah. Got a memorandum yes. to read. Very good. Excellent. <laughs> yes, Excellent Seattle hockey reference. A memorandum <laughs> of understanding. That's great. <laughs> <laughs> we talked about that early on in the podcast. Too. Early. Yeah. yeah. Here's your retort. This is as far as this franchise has ever been. Is there a sense of accomplishment for you? Don't even go there. Or does with it? Me. No. Don't even go there with me. I'm not going to listen to that sh- about an accomplishment. You get to the second. I don't even want to listen to it. I was going to ask if it felt as empty as it did last year when you lost in the first round. The feeling. The feeling. Yes. I don't remember last year's feeling. I don't even remember. There it is. Classic. Tortorella, just bristly and not happy with the media. Sometimes you feel a little bad for the guys asking the question because I don't think it's necessarily a bad question, no. right? It's a little predictable. Somebody's going to ask it, but it is they one can't of those narrative win, kind of questions. It though, is. Which talking yeah, about. that's right. <laughs> yeah. I, I love mean, it. I love it's, it. It's a fair question, though, right? Like, that, do you yes. feel good about getting them through the first round for the first time ever? Like, oh, not, I don't even want to talk. About no, it. those trades worth it. Like, that's. I yeah. mean, that's the whole. It kind of relieves towards all that. And that was in the post game. Yeah, so he's, or, he's probably a little. I think you do that on cleanout day yeah, or whatever maybe. they how they refer to cleanout day, which is usually a couple days later. Mm-hmm. They have time to reflect on what you've done, not like you just got off the ice. Yeah. I think that I think that's a pretty lame question to ask. I know in a way they have to, but I thought it was kind of a lame question. But I I actually yeah. love the response. I know people think he's a jerk for doing that, but I think he was great. I, I, I mean, I love him. You know, I love him. So, so you know, was, you know, we love you, Torts. We know you're listening. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, was it worth it though? Was there all they're going all in and and you know holding on to Bobrovsky and Panarin? Was it worth it to, to get through one round and lose in the second? Uh, I don't, I don't, know. I don't know that you can answer I, it today. I think yeah, we have to wait I, to see what happens here this summer. And there's going to be some shakeup happening yep. for this team, no matter what, because we were looking at their cap friendly before we started recording, and they have, I think it's like six guys that are UFAs. Four of them are Panarin, <laughs> Bavrovsky, Duchesne, and Dezingle, right? Like, obviously, those guys aren't all coming back. No. Who knows if any of them will come back? Um, I mean, it, it's, it's, I don't know. Like, what is it worth it then? If you lose all those guys, is it worth it to get one one playoff round? I personally still think it is because that's a you know we've talked about it. That's a team that has never had success. Never had a moment like so they had this year. So yeah. just having 
to get their fans back on board and, and really loving the product that was on the ice. And they did, right? It was a, a great atmosphere, a great building for the first time in a long time. So, See, I, I, I don't, don't think we'll know for a while because they have no draft picks this coming year. Oof. But we, we've been told they have, a good, they have a good prospect pool. If they go into now a five-year run where they're just terrible, mm-hmm. then maybe you think, well, was that really worth well, it or not? I, it's hard to say. I don't know if we can answer that question yet today. And before, before we even try to answer it, we should, what's the goal, right? If it's yeah. winning Stanley yeah. Cup, then no. Yeah, right, it yeah. obviously wasn't. It was a step. If, I mean, it was if, a step but, in the right direction. Yeah, but that doesn't but get you like any a, closer. Is right? it, if, it, if it's establishing your franchise, if it's about a fan more, base and, yeah. and kind of like re evangelizing the fan community, then it probably was worth it. Yeah, mm-hmm. but I don't. I don't know. Nuts. I don't know if anybody you'll ever get a straight answer from whether it be the owner or the GM. Mm-hmm. I don't think the GM is thinking about the fan base unless he gets directive from the owner at that point. Yeah. Right? How about his little parting shot? Like we want guys who want to be Blue Jackets. And if you want, if you want to go somewhere else, then good luck or something yeah. like that. He basically said, if you don't want to be here, then I love it. See you later. You just love guys that are straightforward and honest. And like, on, on, like guys. straight shooters, honesty. Quiet uh, Game 7 watchers. <laughs> the, yeah. <laughs> Quiet Game 7 watchers. Yeah. Let's move on to our weekly one-timers. Whoopsh. Our first weekly one-timer. <laughs> <laughs> Vladimir Putin uh, was on the ice for his, uh, I think he does it annually, like a charity type of game where he comes out. Uh, well, we don't know if it's for charity or not, but he comes out and there's, it, it's amazing because they have like former NHL and KHL players that are mm-hmm. playing in this game. But yeah, he, he goes out and scores eight goals. That's pretty yeah. incredible. Oh yeah. Like some one, some like you know, big time one-timers mm-hmm. and blistering top shelf wrist shots. Did and, you see his breakaway goal where he comes oh, in yeah. and just like slaps his stick and then gradually veers beats off to the, the right five hole. Beats the goal. And for some reason, I didn't really understand this, but the defenseman that was coming back with him veers into him like he's going to just lay him the f*** out. And instead, he just kind of like peels off. Well, like, he, what he, is that? That's a terrible to, defensive play. He didn't want to get shot. Post-game. Oh, okay. Okay. How, <laughs> how fun would that be? Like to, to shoot him? No, to, <laughs> to play in a game where nobody plays any defense. People are letting in goals. It's like... It's like playing three on three on Monday nights. <laughs> yeah, but I'd like to think people play hard. They do. That's true. At least to score. That's true. I actually try to stop the puck. I it, can't, but I try. It's clearly a thing to make that can look good. My favorite part is after he scores these goals where the goalie clearly letting it in. Mm-hmm. Is he's like high fist bumping guys yeah. on right, the team, like right. to celebrate. Like how do, you, how do you not? Like I would feel, I would feel sheepish knowing like, well, they let me. Way score. to go, Putin! Great job. <laughs> yeah, he's like, yeah, thank you, thank you. Yeah, that's just it's just I've what been, I do. I've been, just, I've been, I've been goal training. Scorer. I just yeah. score goals. What can I do? So then the other funny thing that came out of this was at the end of the game they were doing like a victory lap where he's <laughs> waving <laughs> skating around, waving at the at the crowd, and he's looking up in the stands, and you can see the the two players that are skating with him are like, uh-oh, something bad is about to happen. They <laughs> rush over to try to stop him from skating over the red mat that's laid out, carpet. like the, yeah. the carpet, and he skates right into it, <laughs> falls right on his face, gets back up, goes back to back oh, to waving. And great. you know that those two guys that were like, their only job was to make sure he doesn't do anything stupid here. So, you know, who knows uh, what Have we heard from the carpet, the guy who put the carpet out there? I yet? don't think we've heard Has from, he been from the, the carpet layer or from <laughs> the two guys that are skating yeah. with him. So, uh, anyway, funny stuff. Our next weekly oh, one-timer. Whoopsh. We have that Charlie McAvoy hit on Scott Harrington in Game 6 of Boston against Columbus. Now, I know that I've made this hot take in the past that the suspension situation is not really great because what happens there, 
McAvoy only gets a two-minute penalty, which there's there's more to sort of unpack there as well, because why is it only a two-minute penalty? But then McAvoy gets suspended for game one, essentially, of the following series. So what benefit does Columbus get out of? None. So, <laughs> yes, but... <laughs> they got a power play. That's right. Why do you think it's about benefiting that team? Well, it's not about benefiting that team. So what, what's the intent of this suspension? Is to punish the player. And to hopefully prevent... Behavior. Yeah, exactly. Prevent him from doing it again. Yeah. yeah. But I'm just like, we always see the fans go up in arms, right? Like my guy gets hit. Everyone's like, oh my God, that's crazy. He got hit. There needs to be a suspension, blah, blah, blah. But what, what benefit do you get out of that? What do you care if he gets suspended, right? So I've made the hot take before that there should be some sort of like retribution or payment that happens to the team. Like what if they get to choose like when he serves the suspension? Hmm. I hate that idea so okay. much. Why, well, John? Well, because for one, it's not about benefits to the team that got hit. Mm-hmm. How do you administer that? They get to pick and choose which game. Like maybe they, they've got an opponent. No, maybe it's next time they play each other. What, if, what if that team, that guy gets traded mm-hmm. in the meantime? Oh, yeah. I hadn't right? thought of that. Okay. Good devil's advocate argument. That's yeah. good. <laughs> My biggest complaint was the, 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 the referees are hamstrung in that situation to only call either a two-minute minor. All right. The separate separate issue. Well, this is the unpack. Yeah, but yep. but if if they give them a dub, double minor or whatever, if they allow for something more for a head mm-hmm. for checking to the head, you can't call a, a major on. Them. So it's yes, the options for the referees there are to call a two minute penalty or a match penalty, yeah, which, which is it probably wasn't a match penalty. It, it, well, they, could have been. Been. Yeah, they mean, suspended him. Like, yeah, that's essentially like did, a match. It looked like he targeted the head. Mm-hmm. I mean, but, but you're right. You having, his intent. Having yeah. the opportunity to call a double minor or, or something a five more. minute. Now, the other thing here is I saw the, the argument that maybe the refs were a little bit like gun shy because yeah, of what happened too. with Vegas against San Jose, right, where the five minute penalty gets called. Yeah. It gets un- unveiled later on that it shouldn't have been a five minute penalty. And now the refs are afraid to give the guy a big penalty, right? Because maybe they didn't fully maybe. see what happened either. When you slow it down and look at it, clearly McAvoy hit him in the head, right? So yeah. it should have been a bigger penalty than yeah. two minutes. But, but the rules say you can't. It I mean, can't because uh, unless there was like deliberate yeah. intent to injure. Yeah. So Which if you somehow thought McAvoy was like so intent on hitting the guy's head to knock him out of the game, essentially. And I think that's a reach mm-hmm. for the ref. I, I agree there probably should be a double minor in that situation. Oh, yeah. But for the most part, the ref got the right call. They called the it. I mean, they yeah, called the call within the rules. Yeah. My problem is, is the NHL talks about player safety and, and wanting to protect head injuries and things like that. But then you have a checking to the head penalty in your rule books that could only be two minutes two, or a minute. Well, or a two match minutes fit. for checking to the head. That sounds <laughs> yeah. like that sounds like how can you say you, you care about headshots, but then well, you don't? You don't I mean, I think, but it. I think that is probably a rule that needs to be rewritten. Yes. I don't think it's it uh, it's NHL wanting to be light on people hitting them in the head. It's mm-hmm. probably just a missed rule and they've never had the situation the guy's going to get got suspended mm-hmm. that's the bigger consequence and that's how they kind of try to tighten yeah. and get that out but of the would game. it have been a better consequence for columbus if he got either a double minor or it's a not major. about columbus again I know, it's not but, about but, columbus but is it, is it more punishing because then boston goes out and wins game one so they weren't really hampered by charlie mcavoy not playing whereas it might have been more of a of a punishing or a curbing behavior if he had to sit in the box for four minutes or five minutes and then columbus scored yeah and change that game Game, yeah, I, I think I think it, I think it's more punitive if you penalize but, them. But in think that these game. rules are like all year round, yeah. right? Not necessarily yeah. for this game six playoffs, elimination yeah. scenario in the third. Yeah, if it period. happened in game yeah. thirty five of the season, right? The same situation. Right. And so I, I do think the rule needs to be rewritten to allow. And I, I suspect it will. Maybe a hit to the head should be oh, or double, double minor, minor automatically, or, or, or yeah. that you can yeah. at least call double. But I mean, there but are but times it, where a guy gets hit to the head. If it's hit to 
the head. Do you think there's a scenario where a hit to the head is not a double minor? Probably not. Like a gentle nudge to yeah, the head. Yeah, like <laughs> in, in a way. It could be like a high stick though. I mean, because you have the double, you have the yeah, minor but that's high sticking. That's, and that's high stick, right? Yeah. yeah. So, but there was no blood in that. No. It looked vicious. So, and Scott Harrington was fine. He came back and played. If the guy gets concussed, then they get, <laughs> then they get. But you don't know that because he, he left well, the game. He left that, the game and went off for the, the, into the concussion protocol. And then yeah. came back. So you don't. You oh, maybe if the guy has to go to protocol, then See, I, the one thing is I don't like about tough, that yeah. is is it's again to prevent the hits and just because the guy gets hurt. Yeah, it's like the bishop play. Like when do you like, do you stop the play anytime a goalie looks appears to be hurt? Mm. It's, it's no, let's, not, quick, let's not go down that. Uh, but but it's the same kind of thing. Like you can't yeah. say okay, well is he concussed we'll make it four no i know but i think i think it's it's (laughs) no i'm trying to make it akin to the to the double minor 10 minutes later we find out he's not coming back so here's here's the one thing i heard talked about we haven't talked about it yet is should that be reviewable in some capacity because it is in college hockey and and i hate that i do too it slows down the game a lot it slows down the game a lot and there's already enough stoppages i hate that in nfl football they they review like every possession, there's some some sort of challenge or review that sucks. College football has a, lot, a little of that too yep, now. With a, with a targeting call. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. But in college hockey, they do review hits to the head to see if it's worth throwing the guy out of the game. On the plus side, you get the call right. But on the minus side, you have these situations where they're pausing the game now, you know, a bunch of times. I, I don't like it. For one like of the tournament all. games, I swear there was like four in one there period. Were, yeah. And I was like, this is ridiculous. Yeah. Yeah. And they're reviewing offsides, whether it was challenged or not. And I think there are times where somebody can get hit in the head where it's not deliberate. It's, I mean, it's an accidental play where right. a clean play is made and, you know. As like but it's still said, suspendable. It's like still a, John, a like, dangerous like suspendable. Like John said, the guy's head shouldn't have been there. Mm. I've never said that. <laughs> mm. Okay. Our next week head down. <laughs> you have your head down. Uh, our next weekly one timer. Sergey Bobrovsky, we mentioned uh, that he's probably out in Columbus. Sure enough, he's gone ahead and listed his condo in in Columbus. So that makes you think that he's definitely gone. Maybe he's upgrading we, because oh, of the big, oh, he's he's big getting bank. Yeah, that big. Do we know uh, uh, how contract. much his condo is going for? Like, what's the square footage here? Like, what are we? What's what's the listing? Are like? you in the market for in Columbus, Columbus Ohio? Sure. Yeah, for a multi million dollar <laughs> yeah, condo okay, and. Okay. In Columbus. This podcast yeah. is making us rich. That's right. You're buying them up all over the country. I get it. <laughs> <laughs> it it's so funny when stuff like this happens though, right? Because it's like, well, obviously this guy has the contract thing coming up. We want to know, is he coming back? People think he's probably not. As soon as the season's over, all of a sudden his condo is on the market. So, Well, I don't think anybody... <laughs> remotely following this story all year thinks he's coming back. That's true. Yeah. Even if he wasn't though, what what, what a shrewd uh, negotiating ploy that would be by your agent. Like, let's put your condo up for sale. Yeah. That'll show the team that, you, that you might yeah. be leaving and, and maybe he wanted to move anyways. Maybe he didn't. Maybe. I don't think it comes down to money for him <laughs> no. in Columbus. Our next weekly one-timer. Aside from the NHL playoffs, there's some other hockey that's actually going on right now. The IIHF Worlds Tournament is going on in Bratislava. <laughs> this is an nice interesting interesting and weird tournament. I always have thought that because it's basically the best players in the world that decide they want to play in this, but also who aren't still playing in the NHL playoffs, right? So. Yeah. It's just kind of a weird thing. Like I've I've never really understood the timing of it or how they sort of decide who goes, who decides to play. It is what it is. What I do like about it, I've I've been seeing some you know videos and and tweets from it where it looks like the, the crowd is the it. crowd is really into it. It's a cool atmosphere. Mm-hmm. You know, you get a nice taste of high level European hockey and and what the crowds are like over there. They're 
banging their drums, they're singing songs, <laughs> they're having a great time. Um, and we're getting some some cool looks at some of the young kids that are going to be in the draft this year too. Yeah, well, Jack Hughes has made some nice plays. We've seen some um, gifts of that. And then uh, how, what's his name? Capo Capo Keko Capo. And then Capo Keko had some couple like unbelievably. That's not how you say it. Well, Capo Capo. We're not going to play for your Capo, team. Capo, Let's get the first two picks. Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah. So these are the guys that everyone one thinks are going to be one and two. And Kako. Capo. 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 Is what? Why are you looking at me like that? It's a hard name. This I know, but. It's very confusing. He will be a superstar in the NHL. Yeah, yeah. Two, so learn it. Try to get we it right. learn it yeah. now. You're right. Okay. He had two spectacular goals. Yes. So and so his his stock is, interestingly, seems like it, it's rising. So now there's debate, like, will he be the number one pick for New well, Jersey? And this is coming against, like, he's he's 18 or whatever he is. And this is coming against NHLers. Right. Right. And, well, and the other interesting thing is he's playing with NHLers, which can be fun yeah. right, for him. Yeah. Right? He's, he's getting some good feeds mm-hmm. and some some great work. So, uh, But, I mean, Hughes hasn't looked out of place either. He's nope. had some great guys you know, dishes to players for assists. And uh, they've had him skating with Patrick Kane quite a bit, yep. which is fascinating. It's also funny that he's wearing a, a full cage because he's still not old enough yep. to, so, yeah, to only wear a visor yeah. in this thing. I think I heard that he's, he's his birthday's coming up. So I think during the tournament, he's going to switch from oh, really? cage. <laughs> to visor, <laughs> which is interesting, but cool to watch. They are showing the games on NHL Network, at least the U.S. games, and I think I saw Canada was on there today, too, yeah. so you can watch some of these Pretty games. early in the morning, um, and then there's just, you know, gifts and videos. And, and there, there are some local connections. I believe Carter Hart's playing for Canada, and so is Shea Theodore. There you go. Local connections. Yeah. Thank you, Andy. Our final weekly... Because everything comes back to the WHL. <laughs> That's so right. We talked about the Q today. Ooh, one-timer. <laughs> the Carolina Hurricanes, obviously we've talked about them quite a bit. If they do end up losing this series, because as as we're recording, they're down two nothing, and it's not looking great. But they have a pretty good future coming, right? This they're kind of like the Avalanche. They're kind of playing with house money right now because people didn't expect too much from them. People didn't really expect them to make the playoffs, let alone go to the conference finals. But we're finding out that they have a pretty deep farm system as well. Uh, yeah. So right now, their their AHL affiliate, the Charlotte Checkers, are in the conference finals for the Calder Cup, and the ECHL affiliate, the Florida Everblades, are in their conference finals for whatever that cup is called. One of my favorite hockey team names of all time, the Florida Everblades. Is I it better that. than the Macon Whoopie? Ooh. Is or that the Wheeling <laughs> Nailers? Those are all ECHL Wheeling teams. Nailers. I like the Wheeling <laughs> Nailers. But Macon, yeah. Georgia had a team called the Macon Whoopie. Okay. Yeah. ECHL. Uh, the more you know. Uh, anyway. <laughs> Orlando Solar Bears. <laughs> Also a good one. Yeah. Uh, but so interesting though, right? Like, and, and I don't know how much the ECHL having success there really affects you because how many of the ECHL players make it to the NHL. Yeah, but but the it does AHL. show that like they have so many good players that they can't seem to fit them all in the AHL. So, Well, and you know Carolina is the youngest team in the, remaining in the playoffs. Right. And they probably were the young, one of the youngest teams to begin mm-hmm. the playoffs yeah. too. So they are going to be good for mm-hmm. a while. By the way, one thing we forgot to mention earlier in the show on the Hurricanes, you know they had that whole thing where the, the Boston players went to hit Dougie Hamilton and Dougie Hamilton put his shoulder up kind of oh, yeah, checked himself yeah. Hamilton got called for uh for an interference penalty which I don't I don't think it was that ridiculous of a call because Hamilton never actually touches the puck. The puck just goes right past him. So neither here nor there. My point is that on the bench, you know, they always have the iPads for the coaches to watch plays after they've happened. And there's this incredible screen grab of of uh, Rob Brindamore looking down at it. And he brings his head up and he's like, like just the and you can't see it because this is bad radio because <laughs> you're listening. But I, I demonstrated it for for it John and Andy. It yeah. Was, yeah. Let me tell you, it was funny looking. It's it. You know what it looks like? It looks to me like Rod Brindamore was bending down and eating a poop sandwich, and then oh, he, that was foreshadowing like for game two. Mm-hmm. It was pretty funny. <laughs> okay, all right. So basically, though, basically, 
What we're saying though with the, with the Hurricanes is that they have three leagues full of teams. They're going to be all good for jerks. a while. They're, they're all, all jerks. jerks. Yeah. Yep, they're all eating poop sandwiches. And they're do young. we know if the Charlotte Checkers do a storm, storm surge? Are they like practicing that, developing that in the minor mm-hmm. leagues? We have our best man on it to find out. Okay. We'll, we'll so let you know. The knock against Hurricanes has always been goaltending. Uh-huh. Right? Like they're actually well, sure enough. They thought they had it solved, right? We talked about yeah. Darling. They thought they yeah. had it solved with Darling, and Darling has been terrible since he went there. Yep. So. Is he in Charlotte now, or is he just no, when they release him? Uh, he's rostered. I don't think he's playing though. Okay. Oof. Well, I don't think they can release him. He's on a huge contract. Yeah, they That's... they put him on waivers. He's down there in mm-hmm. Charlotte, but I don't think he. Okay. I don't think he's playing in the playoffs. Yikes! Wow. Did I say our final weekly one timer for the Hurricanes? He didn't. Our final weekly one timer. <laughs> Charles Barkley, the <laughs> former NBA great and now NBA analyst, had some thoughts on <laughs> what do we even say here? He was he was doing the, the actual. Like pregame analysis for studio, N- yeah, the studio, studio show for, for the NBA yeah. on TNT. Yep, and he said this. Let's get this game started. Well, I thought you was gonna ask what dinner was. No, already I've had. already had dinner. Let's get to get out so we can go watch the hockey game. It's one one, y'all. Third oh, quarter. Third let's period. Go to Denver. There you go, <laughs> Charles. Man, he, he knows what's up. This is not the first time he's well, talked about this. He is on record multiple times saying how he prefers the Stanley Cup playoffs to the NBA playoffs, which is funny because there was a game a couple years ago, an NBA game, where in that same show he's like, "I didn't watch the game last night because I was watching the hockey game that was on." <laughs> <laughs> Just a rousing endorsement for yeah. the NBA playoffs. Yeah, like, right? The producers can't love that. Like nah. he's like, "Let's get this game going so I can go watch something yeah. else." Yeah, exactly. Uh, also, <laughs> on the on the topic of Charles Barkley, there is a thing that came out this week. You know, on PGA Golf, like if you if you watch actual PGA Golf, now they have this top tracer technology where when a, a guy hits the ball, it's almost like the Fox Glow Puck of yeah. yesteryear. There's like this line that follows the ball that makes it a little better for watching on TV because you can actually see where the ball is going. Barkley is renowned as a terrible golfer. <laughs> the worst like, swing ever. Awful swing, but he seems to play a decent amount. And somehow they got top tracer technology on Charles Barkley. <laughs> and there's this video of him, you know, just shanking balls off into the woods and topping them and hitting them into the water. And with the top tracer technology, it's just this like flat lined, like 45 degree <laughs> angle into the woods. Hilarious. Absolutely That's hilarious. Like if I were, I, I had a tracer on me. He, well, yeah, a, a lot of us out there, but funny, <laughs> funny stuff. Charles Barkley, huge hockey fan. Yep. There you go. That wraps up this week's weekly one-timers. Whoopsh. We'll finish out the show with tweets of the week as we began of the last week. week. Yep, there you go. Andy, what's your tweet of the week? So my tweet comes from the Philadelphia Flyers, and they tweeted out a response to Kim Kardashian, who, I don't know, did she have a baby or something? <laughs> I don't know what's even going on. I don't like, know. She's at the Met Gala. Somebody had a baby. She mm-hmm. tweeted out, he's here and he's perfect. So I don't know if she's talking about her own baby or the, the royal baby or whatever. Okay. So they responded to that with a gif of Gritty laying on the ice in a kind of seductive pose, kind oh. of like like he wants uh, the guy from Titanic to paint him like one of his French girls. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and, and that's all it is. It's just that. And Gritty kind of like, you know, eyeballing the camera. I thought that was pretty great. All right. Very good. Because he is here and he is perfect. Excellent tweet of the week. My tweet of the week comes from Dmitry Filipovich. Yeah. He says, one of the best things about Joe Thornton is that he's so old, Pierre Maguire can't even recite his major <laughs> junior <resume. laughs> That's my tweet of the week. John, did you have one? Okay. Uh, I didn't Failed his homework assignment. Yeah. All right. That wraps up this week's episode, episode 36 of Sound of Hockey. Thank you all for joining. Once more, thanks to Petoskey's for hosting yeah. the, the party yesterday. We had a great time. We're going to do it again. Thanks to all of you for coming out to party with us. We had a great time. And we will be back next week for episode 37. Give us your iTunes five-star review. Subscribe on iTunes. Subscribe on Stitcher. 
Continue to support us. You're doing a great job. We love you. Thank you so much. We'll see you next week. One time and last for